What is going on, everybody? As you can tell, when there's this many people on a show, there's usually something special going on. And, well, it's football week. It's official. Thursday, we have we welcome the NFL back into our lives. That, you know, that long-lost cousin or brother, we welcome them back until at least February. So we're chilling. Obviously, you know me by now, Anthony, hosting as always. We'll pass it around. CJ, I'll start with you. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll pass it around. Everybody will introduce each other. You know, see what's good. What's going on? What's going on, man? Uh, glad to be back. Talking to football with the guys. Uh, yeah, man. It's happy. It's football season. It's a great time. Great time for sports. 100%. I'll take it right here. I'm Perry, guys, co-founder of Unwrap Sports. I'm not on camera too much nowadays, so... You know, I'm happy to be doing it again. So I'm glad to be here with all the boys. NFL kickoff show. Thank you for everyone tuning in. Really appreciate it, guys. You can find me at Perry Aston, first and last name on Twitter. Follow the rest of the gang. Go at Unwrap Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can go follow us on YouTube. Subscribe there. Check us out on Facebook. Wherever you're at, we're at. So check us out. That's right. And you got me, Mascara, a.k.a. Wise Cheese. Always a guest here on the hard count. Always a pleasure to be on here to talk football. Twitter handle is at Matt underscore Scura. Check out my Instagram at Matt underscore Scura 20. I have a link in both of those bios to my sports podcast. Me and my great friend Connett, Caleb Connett do called MCS Real Sports Podcast. We have an episode that we're going to be recording coming up soon. So tune in on that. And it will be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You name it, it's available everywhere. And as always, Anthony and CJ, always a pleasure to be on the hard count to be talking football with the boys. I'll then leave it over to, to the Philly man himself, Ben Hoyt, to discuss what he's got going on. Thank you so much. So my Twitter is at Ben Hoyt six. I got three podcasts now. It's the most I've ever had. I'm going to be a busy man this football season. So we have the Liberty Four Philly podcast. Check that out. Curse of Philly Penn, the best Philly sports podcast. Those are the two. And then I got a new show with Wise Cheese, Matt Scora. We will be doing prime time with Hoyt and Wise Cheese. More details coming out about it soon, but it'll be Sunday night. So stay tuned. All right. My at is at Ethan underscore Curling on Twitter. I also have three podcasts. I have NFL Deep Dive, another NFL show on the network. I have Saturday Stand as a college football show. And I have Creating Madness, which is probably my favorite show, which is the best college basketball show on the internet. All right. There's your intros, people. You guys know what it is by now. Oh, yeah. We got Mark in the chow ready to go. You know, I mean. There's only one, and I'm here. So, you know, you're right. Um, Ethan looking so dumb right now. Ben looking dumb as hell right now. See? <laughs> always always John, the love. John firing shots already. Surprising. Great. As you can tell, it's always love here, clearly. Um, but, you know, what? we're going to jump into it. And, of course, we're going to talk week one. We're going to talk about everything. But well, let's get into some news first. So, uh, yeah. We'll get into some news first. And CJ, you know, you always come up with the with our nice rundowns, and I didn't even see this, but apparently, Mr. Amari Cooper thinks he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, but hasn't shown it. Now I don't even know what the hell that actually means. That doesn't make any type of sense. But um, but CJ, what do you what's your reaction? To this? 
Oh, CJ, you muted my guy. He's obviously confident in his abilities. One of the best route runners in the NFL. I'll give him that. Yo, my guy Nick, Nick Cavs. What's going on, brother? What's going on, bro? Yeah, so Amari Cooper. I don't know, man. <laughs> I guess he's confident. Get ready for the season. Probably hearing a lot of talk about CD Lamb. Probably usurping him as being wide receiver one. That's <laughs> right. Um, at best, honestly. As he speaks from his mint green room. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think Cooper, he's he's definitely one of the best. I don't know about the best in the NFL, but uh, I think he's just confident. I think he's confident going into the season. Obviously, Max healthy, so that's going to play a key factor um, into his you know stats and his production this year. And I think he's going to have a big year, and they're going to need him. He has some questions, especially on some pivotal road games throughout his time since being a Cowboy, uh, not stepping up at certain times. So that's a big year for him, especially if they want to win that division and get a playoff berth. So I understand his confidence, but I wouldn't put him at number one. Maybe sure. top, top eight. Top, I mean, top. I'll take over on this one. I really do always have thought he's a top 10 wide receiver. So if you don't, you know, I know me and Connie have gone back and forth about this a couple of times. And he landed on top 15, which I'll take. That's fine. But top 10, and there's no doubt to me, if you don't have the attitude that you're the best at what you do, why are you doing that? Like, if you don't think at whatever you're doing, football, if you are at a store as an associate, whatever, at least that's how I was raised. That's how I've raised myself, too, with that attitude. If you don't think you're the best, who's going to think you're the best? If you don't have that confidence, who's going to? Obviously, it's a... You know, your production is going to speak for itself. He's as consistent as they come. He hasn't been in top three. So clearly he hasn't shown that in regards to production. But, I mean, to have that alpha kind of mentality, to have that type of confidence, if you don't, I don't want you as my wide receiver one on my team. I want you to think you're the best. Even, you know, and me as a restaurant, you know, GM, regional manager, I think I'm the best in the world. Do I got stuff to learn? Of course. But if I don't think like that, then who's going to have that confidence in me? Now, CJ, I need some clarification here because it says yeah, he says he's the best wide receiver in the NFL but hasn't shown it. Now, did you write the hasn't shown report or is that the actual quote? No, he said like, you know, as he um, has specifically showed that he's the best, he said not yet. Like, he doesn't feel like <laughs> that's, so, that's top five dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire so life. I'm, I'm just <laughs> – how are you going to say you're the best but yet you haven't shown it? That, uh, listen, I was never good at math, but that's not really adding up to me. But, Cheese, go ahead. Yeah, I just look at it and see what Amari Cooper is saying. I'm looking. I was like, "What? Why you? Why, why are you even talking? Like, name, 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 name me something. If we're being honest here, that that you've done in your career, you ain't done shit. If we're being quite honest here, like you look at your time with the Raiders, you were pretty much basic. Like you weren't, you weren't anything special. You had maybe one or two good seasons. You go, you get traded mid-season to Dallas. Yeah, you helped Dallas go to the playoffs and win a playoff game, but really. You haven't really done anything else since then. I'm just, and I'm just, I'm just shook that like a thousand yards in every single season that you've ever played in your entire career, except for your last year on the Raiders, where you played the least games of your career. I'm just shocked how that's doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, and it, and it's also for for. I'm just, I just don't know because that to me that looks like a top ten wide receiver number as consistent as they come. It does look like a top ten. It does look like a top ten receiver. But I just feel like for the it's, most part, he, he can't say he's the best receiver in the NFL when he hasn't been putting up best receiver type numbers. Yeah, he's put up top 10 numbers, but sure. he hasn't really – he hasn't elevated 
the Dallas Cowboys to a championship contending team. Like when you're the best receiver in the NFL, you can help lead your team to contention, kind of like what Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill and DeAndre Hopkins, when he was in Houston, that's what they were doing. They helped elevate their teams to contention status. Amari Cooper really hasn't done that. Granted, he was on some bad teams in Oakland. And then the Dallas Cowboys, we know who they are. As Stephen A. Smith says, what can go wrong will go wrong. But I just think there also might be a point to where he might not even be the best receiver on the team. Like a lot of people have a lot of high praise for CeeDee Lamb. Now, I won't give CeeDee Lamb the top receiver yet just because we have to see him be consistent. Like Perry mentioned, Amari Cooper almost every year besides his final year in Oakland, he's at over 1,000 yards. So he's shown consistency from that matter. But I just simply think, you know, I don't think he should be really saying that if he really, like, through all the top 100 players, they haven't even recognized him as the best receiver in the NFL. So no, I, don't, I don't know no, why he's why The, he's arg- the argument, that. and Corey is right, argument is, is he the best wide receiver in the league? I, I will say he's top 10. I can't say he's the best wide receiver in the league. I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't think any of us can as well. But I think we all make a good point. I think he's got to have that mentality or you're going to be mediocre the rest of your career. You know, you don't strive to be number one. You don't think you're number one. You'll never be a number one. Plain and simple. I will say I, I do love the energy, though. I do love the energy of saying, like, he is the best. Well, if you're the best, back it up. Have have be, be, fan- be, thing, like- be fantasy receiver number one, Amari Cooper. If you if you're gonna talk like this, I better see 150 to 200 yards on that Bucks defense come Thursday, because if you don't if you don't put up those stats, don't wanna hear it. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Yeah. But they say but they say he's the best receiver. He's the best receiver. Go out there and prove it. He says he's the best receiver. No one else does. I mean, what is he supposed to say, though? I'm bad? No, you're exactly. supposed to be the best receiver. Exactly. I mean, you said you're one of the better receivers, not the best. Exactly. That's that's exactly. not alpha, though. That, I mean, that's a beta look, mentality. Look, like, I'll, to have I'll, an alpha mentality doesn't mean his production has shown that he's the number one receiver in the world. But we're all going to say right now to have a mentality to say, I'm one of the best. Like, that, no, that's beta as hell. Do I think he's the best? He's no, not even an like, alpha. Yeah, I'm an alpha mentality. <laughs> you gotta have an alpha mentality. An alpha. But you, say, uh, but you say I'm one of the best. Then I'm with you right there. Then you're definitely not alpha. You just baited in public. But right now, at least got to keep that face, keep that oh, confidence, he's, keep he's that head. He's got to keep the confidence. Like, what is he supposed to say? Like, I'm mediocre. And I mean, I think he's a good receiver. Do I think he's the best? No, not necessarily. But you have to say that. I think whatever I do, I think I'm better to the person to my left. And the better person to my right, and that's my way of self confidence. And I think Amari yeah, Ethan and said you guys both suck. Crazy. <laughs> but I, I, re- I really think he needs to have that confidence going to the season. Really prep, uh, uh, prep up the fan base. I think this is a good thing for Amari Cooper to say. And I, I but I think again, what Matt Score had to say is he's got to back it up. He's got to put up the stats. But I love the confidence and I love the swagger from Amari. Mm-hmm. If Amari Cooper's a top ten receiver, then that makes Allen Robinson top five. If we're going off of those stats, I'm sorry. Well, Allen Robinson's top ten also. He is, but I'm sorry, well, just not also but underrated. Yeah. Underrated. He's top ten as well. Both, if you put both of these guys in the same category, it's kind of laughable because Amari Cooper hasn't done much in his career. My thousand yards is the number one receiver is expected. If you're my looking thing at is like, my thing is like, can like like do you think Amari Cooper has already reached his ceiling as a wide receiver? Like. Can he can he can he produce better going forward than he has no. for the Raiders? Like it's to be seen. 
And it's yeah. funny because I like Amari keeps getting this hey, Ethan. Like, uh, like Amari had, he's had 5,000 yard receiving seasons so far, and Allen Robinson's had three. So, like, I'm just so confused where you guys have this misconceived hate of the production that's right in front of you when you just look up his numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you say it's expected. You're saying Allen Robinson would be top five if you're looking at those numbers when that's just simply not true. I love Allen Robinson. I'm not here to give hate to Allen Robinson. He's top 10 receiver, in my opinion, as well because he's had the worst luck with quarterbacks in the entire history of receivers. He's never had a good quarterback his entire career. But, I mean, if we're taught, they, they're pretty identical, especially if you're looking at the last couple of years. But, I mean, if we're looking at track record of performance, like, consistent as they come. Michael, I would really sit here and name plenty of people, but I just don't know if we have time. Oh, we all could. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, come on. I can name at least eight off the top of my head, and then you can start getting into arguments. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, people, you know, and Christian, you know, your comment, what will be worse, the Cowboys or Perry's actually <laughs> fantasy teams. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Cowboys. I just love living rent-free in Christian's head. It's like fully furnished, penthouse. Like I got a pool table up there, a surround sound. Like rent-free is nice living up in Christian's head. Christian hey, Perry, living out in L.A., one last thing for the Amari Cooper. Who's better, Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper? Uh, I view them very similarly as well. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty similarly, to be honest, pretty back-to-back. -back. Him, Allen Robinson, and all three of them are pretty right there with me. So that's tough. I think Keenan Allen has the, has the advantage in route running, but, I mean, the production's there for both of them. Like, they're both confident. 100%, 100%, completely. I just can't say Amari Cooper is a solidified number one receiver in the league. Like that's and the last. I, like, and I feel like I, that's I, fair. That's I totally fair. I completely agree with you. Like he has to have that mentality, especially going into this year. Like, hundred percent. I totally agree. Ball out. You, we, every, everyone wants to see him ball out. So, hundred percent. Yeah, me that best. Um, I don't know anyway. whatever I said got yeah, a little bit, but you're all right, Nick. Don't worry. You're good. Um. But we'll move on because, you know, who wants to talk about any cowboy? Um, we'll go over to the comments of Rob yeah. Ninkovich. And this is where it gets interesting. You know, me and Josh had a nice argument back and forth about this yesterday. And uh, it's, it's, it's an entertaining thing, to say the least. Rob Ninkovich came out and said that Mac Jones was teaching Cam Newton the offense. You know, usually you would hope it's your second year in the offense and, you know, the other person's a rookie that they would be teaching the rookie the offense. But no, Rob Ninkovich said that there's people inside the Patriots that were saying Mac Jones was teaching Cam the offense during training camp. Now, listen, I, I, I can totally believe this. I mean, uh, first of all, you know, you guys know how I feel on, on Cam Newton garbage so i mean it's not, it's not that difficult to imagine that uh mac was trying to help cam out it's surprising because like i said second year in the offense you not now you got the training camp like you should have you should have been way ahead there but i guess not cj my fellow patriot fan how do you feel uh <laughs> yeah i mean it probably just speaks to probably one of the reasons why ultimately got released um, do I believe? Do I believe it fully? Maybe. I mean, we already know that last year they had a different type of play style for Cam. It wasn't the traditional um, 
uh, playbook that the Patriots usually run with Josh McDaniels. Um, Bill Belichick, they want that pocket passer, guy standing standing in the pocket and, you know, dice you up down the field and create drives. With Cam, was a little different. Um, obviously, running the football, using his legs more. And that's why he had 12. But he had more rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns last year. So they wanted to run the ball, use his legs, be more of a red zone threat um, with his ability to, to, you know, still you know, be physical. But for Mac, you know, from everything I've heard and everything I've read, you know, he's a, he's a great worker. Um, ever since, you know, rookie camp, spring camp, he's been putting the work in, learning the playbook. So um, that's that's definitely been one of the pros of, of his of his uh, one of the one of the great traits, which one of the reasons why the Patriots drafted him, is because of his work ethic. So um, you know, it could be possible. It could very be very well be possible. Um, you know, obviously Cam has accomplished a lot in the NFL. Um, so, but you know, it's a different scheme. It's a different type of scheme in New England. A lot of a lot of people have said that it's, it's very difficult to learn. Um, the playbook is very difficult to learn. So. Uh, it's, I think it's possible, but you know, I, I don't. I don't think it was the right time for Mikovich to say it. You know, Cam already got cut. Uh, you know, it's already set in stone that Mac is QB one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yeah. Throwing salt on the wound. I don't think it was necessary. I don't think it was really that necessary. Love it. <laughs> I mean, it was ob- it was obvious that you know Mac outperformed him in the preseason and obviously in practice as well. You know, to the point where Bill and and, and Josh trusted him to to be the guy and the rest of the team. So um, for him to say that was a little. Uh, it was, I don't know. It was, it was it just. I just feel like it wasn't necessary. I feel like he was trying to get a little bit of cloud over the situation. Kind of like throw him under the bus. A little bit, like. Yeah, I, I just feel like it wasn't like it wasn't necessary. Like it was, you know, some people, a lot of people thought Mac was going to start when Cam was still there. And, um, so it was just like, uh, it was just, it was just weird to me. But um, I get it, which is why it's just not been seen. Yeah. I mean, it's a business, so I'm not going to say it hurt Cam's feelings or that yeah. throughout his entire career that this one comment towards the tail end is going to matter much to him. But regardless, I think it's a bit classless as well. I mean, he got cut. He got beat. He's had an illustrious career, regardless of you know your opinion on him as a pure thrower or how long he's able to sustain his you know good play. But regardless, I feel like it's a business. I'm not going to get too caught up on these statements, but at the same time, I kind of agree with you. I just feel like let him kind of ride off. He lost. Let him take his pride and walk out with dignity. You know what I mean? I mean, added pressure on Mac for that, you know, Josh, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I feel like he was going to have pressure anyway. And does it really add pressure saying that, you know, the system, like you're supposed to just know the system. So I don't know if it's added pressure, but it's you know it might be a little something. I wouldn't I wouldn't say added pressure though. I think it's just you know he knows the system better than Cam. Apparently, that's that's something to look at. I don't think it's I don't think it's pressure. If anything, I feel like it's good. So I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of one hundred percent agree as well. I also want to say before I make some points, Perry Christian was saying that he's been giving you rent to shine his fantasy trophies. What do you have to say about that? I, I'm living in his head, just rent free. So that's that's it. <laughs> that's it. He never he thinks about me more than his girl, and I think that might be the issue with their relationship. because <laughs> I'm because num- I'm numero uno. Damn, Christian! I can't wait to see what you come back with in the comment section. Because I'm priority number one. With that, with, with that being stated, though, with Rob Nikovich's comments saying that Mac Jones was teaching Camden the playbook. I think it's very interesting. I mean, coming from a standpoint of Cam 
I mean, his first year in New England, it was it was a COVID season, so there really wasn't a lot of training camp. He looked good his first three games. Then he got COVID itself, missed a lot of time, and then by the time he came back, he just wasn't the same player. I I feel like it's kind of hard to say that, you know, Mac Jones was teaching Cam Newton the playbook when he, in a way, almost kind of had the same, like, ample opportunity to learn it. And I, I just simply think, like – like you guys have mentioned, like it, it, I don't think it was it was unnecessary for Ninkovich to say it. I think that's just rubbing salt on the wound. Like, I mean, the guy just recently got cut. I mean, you saw it, like CJ mentioned in the preseason. Mac Jones just it, it seemed to have outplayed Camden. Like you saw in preseason, it seemed like the Patriots' offense was just flowing better with with Mac Jones. Just and even like the throws too. Like you see Cam Newton throw, and sometimes it looked ugly. Like it, it didn't look like like the way how he threw it. It looks, it almost looked like Philip Rivers sidearm esh. Like it, it did not look good. It didn't look look pretty. But when Mac Jones was in there, the ball looked prettier. It seemed like Mac Jones hit the deep ball better. Because if we're being quite honest here, Cam Newton kind of has a limit. Like you don't really see Cam Newton sling the deep ball unless if it's 2015 Cam Newton. But this ain't 2015 Cam Newton. This is 2021 Cam Newton. And I just simply think Mac Jones earned it. You know, he he earned the starting QB one spot. And I just simply think it came to a point to where Bill Belichick simply went up to Cam Newton and just said, look, man, Mac Jones is going to be our QB one. Do you want to be a backup or do you want to get released? And I feel like Cam just went up to him and say, look, man, I, I just simply don't want to be a backup. If you have to release me, release me. And, you know, that's that. I mean, part of me is kind of – confused why a quarterback who's been there for a year would forget the whole playbook and have a rookie teaching him that that's sort of seems confusing to me and as season of a quarterback as cam newton is i don't find this story a hundred percent believable i maybe he may have gotten some pointers here and there but on rob ninkovich's end like i i honestly wouldn't care i mean because look mac jones beat someone out for the job okay it's in the past why do you have to put salt on the wound for it by saying that a seasoned veteran forgot a playbook? I don't it's think reported. any like I know I, I I just don't think anyone cares though because it's in the past. Oh, like you no, know, he did not need to really put that salt in the wound. I mean, I think Bill Belichick really is putting faith in his rookie. I think he says, All right, this guy's better than Cam. And like Matt Score said, do you want to be a backup or do you want to get released? And Cam made a veteran quarterback decision and got released. He'll either get a job, backup job somewhere else, or he'll retire, and that's that. I don't think it was really needed to report that, just just my opinion. And, Josh, for your comment, don't you worry. We're going to be getting into this, so stick around. We'll give our uh, predictions on the playoffs and everything like that. But Ethan, continue. Yeah, I for sure agree that it was the veteran move of his, but whether it was needed or not, I think he provided enough entertainment that I think we all are happy with what happened with it, if we're being honest. Dinkovich, I feel like, just wanted to put that out there because being the player he is, being the veteran Patriots, one of the, what, top 20 Patriot of all time, I feel like, Connie, CJ, give or take, top 20, top 30. You yeah, want to, he was up there. I like him. Yeah given the fact that Cam couldn't help lead a team to success, making Bill look bad, he wanted to kind of shift the blame away from Bill. At least that's what I'm seeing. Is As of right now, a lot of people in the media are saying Brady carried Bill, and Bill's looking pathetic. 
Of course you're gonna say that, man. I mean, that's all they say. They've been saying it for 20 something years. Like, one or the other. So, I thought just, it was Bill carried Brady though. You said what you said, what you said that one more time? Was it Bill that carried Brady or Brady that carried Bill? Because the I've always been flipped. on the Brady side. It flips depending on what happens in the year. I mean, I think they needed each other. Why don't we just meet in the middle? That's it. Well, I mean, well they, did, they clearly didn't. Well, well, Brady went out one yeah, Oh, yeah, because Bill's right. the only one that can win a championship with even with Tom. Like, obviously, Tom's the greatest out, quarterback Tom. of all time. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the best – quarterback of all time, placing himself into a baller roster like that and giving him a chance of winning the first year out then having the guy have to find a way to sustain the blow of losing the greatest quarterback of all time and figuring out what to do that season. That's like not even close in regards to situational football. So, so I mean, I'll, 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 I'll give Bill another, I'll give Bill another five more years. And if he doesn't win at that point, then you can come back with the argument of that's I view it like that. The one year that Brady was able to place himself in the best physical situation possible, you got to give the Patriots three to five years to clean that up in the same kind of kind of impact, in my opinion. Three to five. That's a while. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'll finish up. I'll finish up. Yeah. We good. Nick, my guy. Uh, Nick, you on me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, sir. Um, I mean, honestly, and I remember, I remember saying this last season when we was doing the podcast together. I honestly never thought Cam Newton was a good fit in New England system. Like, I really thought that he was their best liable bet for that season as like a bridge quarterback kind of scenario. Yeah, definitely. Just to get them, you know, just to get them through the season, see what he, you know, see what Cam can do in the system. I mean, he, I, I guess he did his best. I don't know, but. He didn't do good enough because Mac Jones obviously beat him out. And I mean, I'll take us yeah, to the I mean, unvaccinated. I'll take us to the unvaccinated thing and all that as well. Like I know, like for PR purposes, they have to say that had nothing to do with the decision. And Urban Meyer fucked that up with the Jaguars. He said it, and then the Jaguars had to go back and put out a PR statement to say that's not what happened because it's technically you're not allowed to do that. But if we're going to say right now that you want your starting quarterback to be unvaccinated and because it's no longer like, am I going to lose my quarterback for this week? We have the comp. We can be compromising a win this season. We can right, completely exactly. take a loss because somebody decided not to follow the protocols and things like that. So in my opinion, it's like, is it just Cam losing the job to Mac or was it him not being there for weeks, also being unvaccinated, also being at the tail end of his career? That's everything. You know, that you're just you you asked to be cut. If you're a cam, you just asked to be cut because you're not good enough to be held on that pedestal of like a Kirk Cousins, where if he's not gonna get vaccinated, what's their next best option? Kellen Mond? Like I don't think so. Like they're gonna go with him no matter what. But it's a it's a different situation. If we're gonna say that being unvaccinated doesn't go into the decision right now, uh, I think we're being a little naive. I mean, if you think about it too, I feel like Cam was good for last year. Not well, not literally good because he was terrible. Um, but straight <laughs> dog water. This, you know, listen, you're not going to get any arguments out of me. I'm not Josh. Um, but last year he was more needed in that offense because they didn't have any weapons. So Cam became one of them with his ability to run and everything. But now you look at it, that's not the quarterback they need anymore. Like they don't need a mobile quarterback once again. Like obviously they went with Brady. And yes, Brady's the greatest of all time, and you know you can't compare a lot of people to him. Um, 
but they somebody like Matt works now because I mean CJ, you know you know the vibes now. We got what four running backs. We got you know Aguilar. We got Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. Though offense has been revamped. We're gonna start passing again. You know we're gonna start running, playing off the run into the play action. Last year you couldn't do that because we had. Listen, I love me some Jacoby Myers, but I mean on a real team he's probably a third wide receiver. So they don't need they don't need the the bowl of cam of cam now. They need uh, someone who's going to sit in the pocket, be accurate, not lose them games. And I think that's what Mr. Mac 10's coming out here to do. Is that transitioning us into your Patriots predictions? Do we have another point or two to Oh add? no, we got one more point and I'm going to start we can go we're going to go counterclockwise this time. Le'Veon Bell, baby. He's on the Ravens now. You know, they've had some injuries. J.K. Dobbins went down. They had another uh, running back. I can't remember his name at the moment. Went Justice down. Hill. Yeah, Justice Hill went down with, I believe it was an Achilles, Both, I want to say. Uh, I think I think he got an Achilles. J.K. got what, what J.K. was, was an ACL. 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 So they got two running backs down. Obviously, Gus Edwards, <laughs> fantasy steal at the moment, uh, is – their number one running back right now, but they need a little depth in that position. So they go out, work out Le'Veon Bell. They end up signing him. Ethan, what are your expectations for Le'Veon Bell? You know, what do you, and what do you think about the signing in general? I like the signing, but he'll be the third or fourth leading rusher on that team. I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being cut by the end of the year. This is Le'Veon Bell. He hasn't been good since he was a Steeler. I like the signing for depth because before that they had, what, two running backs on the roster? Three if you include Lamar Jackson. They need something. <laughs> Lamar is going to get his 1,000 yards rushing. He'll keep getting hit and he'll be out of the league in seven years, whatever. Gus Edwards will get close to 1,000 if not hit it. And Le'Veon Bell is just going to be a name to be there. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I 100% agree with you, Ian. You pretty much hit it right on the spot. Le'Veon Bell is basically in just for a death, death piece. You know, th- this isn't this isn't the same Le'Veon Bell where he would be behind the line of scrimmage and he'd just be like this, side, side, side. All right, I'll go. You know, he. I, I feel like what changed Le'Veon Bell was when he decided to hold out for a year and then decide with all of that, I'm gonna take fifty-two million dollars and go to the Jets. Not the Giants. Could have been could have gone to any other New York team. But he decided I'm gonna be a smart man. I'm gonna go to the Jets with Adam Gase. And that is I not don't think Adam Gase was the coach yet when he signed. He was. No, he, he was. was. I know he was the coach during the time, but I feel like they signed him and then hired Gase. Right, right. They signed mm-hmm. him. Right. But like yeah, they it, signed him before Gase was hired. Yes, I think so. That might have been the case. Because then Gase came in and was like, we shouldn't have given a a running back that kind of money. Yeah, I mean, mean, basically, Le'Veon Bell, in a way, pulled a flexible burst and shot himself in the foot on that one. I mean, that's just – you sit out for a year because the Steelers Steelers gave you $70 million, but only $10 million was guaranteed, so you wanted guaranteed money. And you decide with your guaranteed money to go to the Jets. Not really a smart decision there. And then on top of that, you don't perform well. You literally went from one of the best running backs in football and in a span of two years go to one of the worst and pretty much is going to be out of the league soon. And it's pretty much anywhere he goes, 
He's just going to be a third or fourth running back. Granted, I feel like this is a move the Ravens had to make, especially when you lose J.K. Dobbins and you lose another running back in the process with the Achilles injury. Le'Veon Bell is your best option because you're probably going to run with Gus Edwards. You'll probably go with Williams as your second guy and have Le'Veon Bell as your third. But do we think Le'Veon Bell is going to make a big impact? I think it's going to be no. I mean, you'll probably see him in for a little bit, maybe in for like the passing game, because a lot of people forget Le'Veon Bell. He was a good pass catching back, so you'll probably you'll probably see him in that role. But overall, it's it, it's not really going to be a lot. It's not going to be a big role that Le'Veon Bell is going to play in. And I feel like, it, in all honesty, for the people that are listening, you'll probably hear him maybe drop better rap music, and even that's saying something compared to his running game in Baltimore. What's going on, Josh? Welcome to the show, bud. Hello, hello. I, so, you know, I had to pull over. I started hearing y'all talk about. <laughs> That's per- perfect timing. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. So I had to, I had to pull over. Perfect timing. So, what are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell signing with the Ravens? So I heard the first. Uh, I heard a first couple of comments that you know, no chance. You know, they're just adding him for depth. Which is true. This is a this is a depth signing. Uh, I will say first, I think the biggest loser in this signing is Todd Gurley. The fact that the Ravens went with Le'Veon over Todd Gurley says a yeah. lot about where Todd Gurley's at in his position. But I think Le'Veon Bell ended up in the best spot that he could to still have an impact in the NFL. If there's a team that Le'Veon Bell is going to succeed with, it is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, there's a, you know you have Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams. But, you know, Tyson Williams is still pretty unproven. Gus Edwards still is unproven having the workload of an RB1. So I think that you're going to see a great opportunity for Le'Veon Bell to start to open up midway through the season. And I don't know that he's going to be great. You know, still still to be seen. He wasn't terrible whenever he got the opportunities with the Chiefs. But I don't think, obviously, he's not going to be the Le'Veon Bell that he was in 2017. You know, that's just not going to happen. But do I think that he has a chance to uh, – to make a little bit of noise and, you know, one game get 12 carries for 70 yards, sure. Maybe even a couple of tutties. I agree. Uh, I think it's Nick, and then I'll go. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to – and, you know, just to finish at the end of the day, he's still going to get a Super Bowl ring, so. Oh, now this. Oh, stop it. <laughs> now hey, no, hey, no way you're getting past the Chiefs or the Bills. Stop it. <laughs> Thank you. The Chiefs have to worry Thanks about the Browns. for me. Yo, JVP, baby. They're renaming the title. Josh Three Allen points in a playoff play. game last year. Remember that. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. What do you hey, think yeah. about Le'Veon Bell? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, he got signed. He's, he's got signed to the practice squad. Like, so I mean, there's really, there's really not too many high expectations. Other than I feel like he would, like, he could definitely get some snaps on offense. Like, I feel like. Him playing alongside Lamar, I feel like they could definitely work him into the offense. Some snaps on, you know, some some plays. Um, just like just like both you guys mentioned, I mean, he lost all explosiveness. I mean, he's been injured a handful of times being with the Jets. I mean, uh, we all could agree he hasn't been the same since he left the Steelers. Like that's 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 just obvious. And um, but like I said, I mean. He could definitely be worked into like some 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 passing situations, some some out the backfield situations because I I feel like he he does still have that catching ability coming out the backfield, but rushing wise, I mean he's pretty much done for. I mean, 
you're not you're yeah. not getting any any meaningful yards with him really i don't think um other than those 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 passing situations where he's running out the backfield running routes um so yeah i don't i don't have high expectations for him for the ravens but he can't squeeze into the offense and be somewhat productive when when he's asked i guess you know he's not yeah. going to get many opportunities i don't think but if he makes useful opportunities with what's given to him i think he could he could add something to the offense and you all were talking about it a little bit. I think it's absolutely crazy to see the fall of Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. Because, I mean, they're both so young. They have not played too long in the league, maybe seven years, maybe eight years. Obviously, the shelf life for a running back is less than other positions. But I just feel like the cliff that they fell off is just absolutely crazy. We don't really take the second to really look at that sometimes because – I mean, look at a Frank Gore, for example. He's never been a superstar in his whole career. You can make the argument, you know, he's definitely a pro bowler for multiple seasons. You know, he was a all-star level player. But, I mean, look how long he sustained his career. He's still taking runs at, what, 38, 39? Like, he's so old. And then you got Lev Bell and Todd Gurley, who are just still sub-30 and are fighting for jobs right now. Like you guys mentioned, Todd Gurley, uh, this is he's the biggest loser in this one for sure. And in this signing is absolutely shocking from a production standpoint. From a fit, you guys have a point there because Gus Edwards is more of a true runner than a receiving back. Granted, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Tyson Williams will be interesting to see how they get him in there as well. But uh, in the end of the day, you are going to see Love Bell in pass catching situations. You are going to see him in really interesting formats and. Uh, interesting situations and they're going to find a way to get him with the ball in his hands in the open field. Sometimes it's not going to be anything crazy, but you're right. It's a depth move, but just from like a stat standpoint, I mean, in 2019, Lev Bell, he's still like, this is the season after when, you know, uh, he held out, he started with the jets still put up 245 rushes, 800 yards on the ground. He still caught, you know, a good amount of yards, scrimmage yards. He had 1250, you know, still double digit touchdowns. Like it's crazy to see how just this last season, it just was, he's dead. It's, it's no longer there. So I don't, I'm kind of with Josh that I don't think he has absolutely nothing in the tank. I don't think it's just write him off. Uh, but fair play, he thought he was good at rapping. Yeah. I mean, no, Alex, I, I blame your, I think it's some karma. You're good at pickup basketball. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Alex plays like a football player. He gets he, he uses his body well. Alex, say that. The, Alex says that he <laughs> averages like thirty, and I refuse to believe that because I think he's playing two K when he says it. But you know, it's a different story. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think Lev Bell's an interesting signing. I think they should have signed Gurley from a production standpoint. It just wouldn't make sense behind another true runner and Gus Edwards. So Lev Bell to the moon, I guess. That arthritis and Gurley. Kicking ass, I but I mean, Gur- dude, Gurley put up fucking uh, nine touchdowns last year. Like he went from ten touchdowns, six touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns, seventeen touchdowns, twelve touchdowns, nine touchdowns. He has had such a productive. If you look at him compared to other running backs, that's unreal numbers to start a career, and he's just dead. Can't sign anywhere. Yeah, because that's mind blowing. You got a seventy-year-old knee and a twenty-five-year-old body. It's it's just just crazy to think about. I'm not saying that you know he. Yeah, that's absolutely the reason. It's just mind blowing because especially like Lev Bell last year's production, absolutely laughable, (laughs) laughable. You look at Gurley. This is this is decent. 
this is not bad. So, you know, 700 yards on the ground and nine touchdowns uh, in uh, <laughs> it's 15 games. It's not like, you know, that's something. No, Alex, we, we can sit here and do this all night, but mm. I got a show to do and you have to go be toxic. So, you know, it's a, you know, <laughs> we're on different wavelengths right now. You feel me? Different. CJ, wrap it up with the Le'Veon Bell talk so we can get in to some arguments because I like getting mad at people. I think this it was an interesting pick. Interesting pick for sure. Um, if this is any place for him to have like a second act in his career, this is the best place because they're a run-heavy team. Um, Lamar is a, is a running threat, so he's not necessarily going to have to be accounted for all the time. Like 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 everybody said, Gus Edwards really hasn't had that RB1 role. So um, going with a veteran like Le'Veon Bell, I think it's, it's a big move. Uh, Greg Roman likes to run the football. Look at his time in New York. Look at his time in Kansas City. Kansas City don't—they don't really like to run the football. You know that they got Mahomes. They have so many dynamic guys on on the offense from a wide receiver and pass catching position. They don't run the football. The Jets' offensive line, future, terrible. Um, it's a bad decision for him to go there. Um, but you know he went for the money, and so we'll, we'll see. You know the Ravens' offensive line—they've been stout. They've been top top three in rush attempts. It seems like you know for forever now. So. Um, it's a big opportunity for him to, uh, you know, still try to make, feel like he could be productive in the NFL. Like you guys said, in the pass catching aspect, I think it's huge because, you know, we, there's a lot of still a lot of questions to be answered with the Ravens pass catching. Uh, pass catchers, you look at Bateman, got hurt with the groin injury. Um, Sammy Watkins, can he be a wide receiver one after the, after um, his time in Kansas City? He was supposed to be down in Buffalo. Now he's on his third team now. So. We'll see if he could be productive. We know Mark Andrews just got the bag, so he's probably going to be that number one guy for Lamar Jackson. So I think, I think it's a it's a it's a big it's a big move. It's a big move for me. Uh, we'll see how motivated he is. We'll see if he's in shape. Um, and you know he can really he can really capitalize on this. He knows the AFC North better than anybody. He played in he played in Pittsburgh. Um, you know he's seen the he's seen the Browns. He's seen the Bengals for multiple years. So um, yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. It's absolutely. I think I think he'll probably get picked up too. Him and Devontae Freeman was another guy that was. Yo, Devon, I was gonna say Freeman can't he's get a job Saints. either. Oh, isn't he on the Saints now? Oh, he got picked up by the Saints. I think he's on the Saints, or he was oh, for I, a I, That's good. That's what's up. That's what's up. Because I know Latavius Murray just got cut. So there's some more news for all of you. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's again. Uh, yeah, Devonta Freeman's on the Saints, and he sustained, I think. But let's see. Oh no, no, no. they yeah, released it, so he signed by the Saints. He got released by the Saints this offseason again and then worked out for the Ravens in that Le'Veon Bell with him and Elijah Holyfield, and Lev Bell was the one that got the job out of the three of them. Okay. Devontae, okay. Ad, uh, Devontae Adams. Devontae Freeman killed us in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Still yeah, going he did for the first half. <laughs> How he fell off, too, is also mind-blowing. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, listen. No, it's really – it's, it's really crazy. It, like, literally not that long ago, like, Le'Veon Bell and Ty Gurley were, like, Top the top of the top. That was really, it literally felt like it was just yesterday. Like, it's crazy. It was only a few years ago. It's crazy. Exactly. That was McCaffrey and Henry. Let's get into some predictions, baby. Before we do that, we're going to argue because everybody likes a list, people. And this is the week one power rankings. As you can see on the screen right here, one through thirty-two. Now listen, there's some there's some easy things here. The Bucks at number one, easy. Come on, defending Super Bowl champions, they bring back all twenty-two. Texans at thirty-two. We all know that they're terrible, but you start getting into some you start getting into some things. You know, 
For listen, I don't know, and this is because I don't like the quarterback. There's no way. I'm telling you right now, there's not a chance in the almighty heavens above. The Saints are the ninth best team in the league, bro. Yeah, that's the that's, that's utter atrociousness. That is. I I you lost me there. Yeah, that's crazy. lost me like Amelia Earhart. I, I would probably switch this. I'd probably switch the Seahawks with them if I'm being honest. I'd put I'd put the Saints below 15. I would too. Yeah, I'd switch them with the Seahawks, in my opinion. I Sean Payton's a hell of a coach. I mean, I, I, I mean, you could even argue the you could even argue the Titans to swap them out. Like I the agree. Titans are not even in the top ten, which is kind of yeah. Crazy. No, t- Seahawks and Titans right back to back. I'm cool with both of them entering that top ten. If I'm being honest with you. I'll give you a hint. Washington better than Pittsburgh too, just because I mean, because no, no hate on the Patriots at all there either. But like, I, I feel like you know, ten is a little bit. Oh no, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little bit high. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying to sh- tank them down, but I would like, I, I like where the Saints and the Patriots are. I would literally flip Seahawks and Titans, and that's probably my main thing. And at the end of the day, what? That's just apples and oranges. It's a few spots, but uh, Patriots also yeah. better than the Chargers. Just, by the just way. in just my saying. opinion. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about. It. I mean, yeah, I like debatable. the Chargers. Chargers mm-hmm. there too are a team we can debate for sure as well. Mm, I feel like I feel like for the Chargers, it's going to be very hit or miss. The Chargers' history has shown the Chargers going to pull the Chargers, and they can find a way to mess it up. But then again, this is a Chargers team to where they're set up for success. They built their O line of the off season, which was the problem last year. They built it up to success. They have and Brandon Staley coach is really the only question. And Anthony Anthony Lynn legitimately was losing games for them. They were the worst Mm -hmm. team within three points in the history of NFL ever. So I mean, if you came within a touchdown, they were losing that game. So that if you flip those games, they're double digit wins every single season, no problem in the playoffs. So now it's, do you have a more competent coach when it counts, considering also you're healthy again and Herbert has a year under his belt. If Staley can coach a lick, then they're going to be a playoff team, no doubt. I also don't know how I feel about the Rams at five, by the way. I here here's what I will say on that. Yeah. I I feel like I, I feel like they got the top ten correct. I mean not top ten, top five it. correct. The Bucks at one makes sense. Chiefs at two makes sense. Bills at three makes sense. Obviously, my Packers at four that makes the most sense. And then the Rams at for number five, I feel like it's definitely a toss up. I could see why Connie says why I have the Rams at five. I feel like the reason why the Rams are at five is just for the simple fact that you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on defense, yeah. and you got a guy in Matthew Stafford who. In my opinion, this is going to be a real chance to prove his career because a lot of people are giving him a pass saying, oh, you know, he's, he's been on the Detroit Lions. What more can he do? I mean, well, you, just have to look, you have to look at it like if Goff could take him to a Super Bowl three years ago right. with a defense that I wouldn't say as good as this defense and three years less experience for McVay as a coach, if we don't think that they're going to make the playoffs at the very least this year, I think that's foolish oh, no, no matter how good. And, and, oh, well, they and top five has to be – like pretty warranted at that. Well, that's not like outlandish if I put it in context of what they did three years ago and coming off the season they just did. Like, I don't think they've lost one less than ten games in the last like four or five years. So, right. I will. I will say one thing in the power rankings that I was very shocked with is I was shocked with them putting the Arizona Cardinals at number twenty-five. I thought yeah. for sure with the offseason, yeah, that's some hate. With, that's some hate. With, with the offseason, the Cardinals have bringing in JJ Watt, even though he is slightly washed. Same thing with AJ Green, slightly washed. But you look at the rest of the team that they had last year; they won eight games. 
Kyler Murray seems to only get better. I felt like for sure they would at least bare minimum be in the top 20. I think, Bron- I think Broncos at 23 is a little high as well. Bengals are better than the Eagles and Jags too, by the way. Honestly, like Arizona should be above every team the that Broncos. they're like, – the Panthers, the Broncos, the Giants, the Raiders, the Bears. Mm. I feel like they yeah. should be right, up, right, right below the Colts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I'm, with, I'm honestly with you on that. So you can debate me with like Bears, and that's depending on what their quarterback situation is. Because I really like Monty, and I think they have a good defense. Even Raiders are a little sneaky, but they had a really weird offseason. But yeah, I can agree with you. Honestly, right behind Colts seems pretty comfortable for the Broncos. It's a weird list. Yeah, it, right, it, it, me, Connie, I got a question. How, what's, what's good? How how far are the Patriots going to drop week one when they lose to Miami? Well, you see, whoa, whoa. you got. Well, you see, there's two things. I'll oh, talk. I love it. Wrong. There's two things you've gotten wrong. One, them dropping, and two, them losing to the Dolphins. I mean, come on, Josh. They know where they're losing to Tua. Turn the ball over. <laughs> Do okay, we so know what Bill Belichick like to this year? How far are they dropping? Do we know what Bill Belichick does to first and second year quarterbacks, bro? Who are the Ravens playing? I'm hoping Mac Jones can can live up to it. I'm hoping Mac Jones can live up to it. Who are the Ravens playing? I'm hoping he can live up to it. I mean, that's a that's a tough defense. I mean, down there in Miami, they made some moves. Uh, Miami Miami slept on hard. Miami's one of the most slept on teams in the league. I'm not even sleeping. I'm hibernating actually. That's that's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, to answer your question, Connie, the Ravens do play the Las Vegas Raiders in oh, Las okay. Vegas. So that's the only reason Josh and Tom. Oh, week he's one a, win. He's got a cakewalk. Week one. Week one win. You better. Yeah, you better beat. You better beat the, the Raiders. Don't have any cakewalk. Oh, they do. The Patriots, Patriots don't have plenty any cakewalk. cakewalk. Listen, they play the Cowboys this year. Cakewalk. Again, uh, they play the Jets year, twice. Bro, that's, they like, play you, the Jets you are too twice. big for your bridges, my friend. Like I'm not about to say the Cowboys going to crush any team, but I think you're just a little too high on the Pats. I, I don't you're... know about that, Perry. The Pats look very the good. Pats be... The Pats look good. The, the Pats, Pats look pretty good. Is don't be shocked like. if the Pats win twelve games. You heard it here first. I don't know. That's, that's, that's imagine, bro. I mean, as Connie would say, imagine. I don't have to imagine. Reality nah, is fucking ima- I just, imagine, I... bro. Ten games, you're lucky. Do we, do we not realize that they literally got all of their? Ten, uh, game, ten, ten games, and you should back? be happy. Ten games, they got their entire defense back. See, Alex, thank you. I forgot about that stat. I guess how Bill was really good against the best of young quarterbacks. Exactly. Is it his only loss to like Lamar Jackson? I, yeah, he lost like, to Lamar. And they, and they lost, and they lost to Josh. They lost to Josh Allen last year. It was Tua. Didn't Tua win yeah. last year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was Tua last year. Yeah, exactly. In, in Miami, because yeah, I kicked him out. Oh, of the it's in Miami. Doesn't I, even count. Exactly. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. You could pretty much almost guarantee a loss for Let's New England. Let's do some Lions predictions. Pre- our predictions. All right. Let's get right into it, baby. Well, well, we got we got you know award predictions, or we going we going you know conference. I'm, I'm predicting anything right now. Throw it at me. All right. Well, we'll so we'll go with our award predictions. Yeah, the bill. Oh, the bills so, might have something to say about that. Alex, oh, that's energy. The Bells right. will have something to say about that. We're going to start. We're starting with our awards for the year. And we'll start it off with an award that I think everybody might agree on here. The comeback player of the year. Jeez, we'll start, we'll start with you on this. I feel like the comeback player of the year, if he stays healthy, he's obviously going to be a no-brainer. I feel like it's going to be Joe Burrow. 
I feel like oh, okay. I, I feel like mm. I feel like Joe Burrow, as long as he stays healthy with Cincinnati, the way how he looked last year before injury, he looked like he was gonna have the Bengals be a consistent team, five to six wins. Granted, I don't have the Bengals doing good. I, I have them stinking up the joint just because I don't believe in the Bengals. I feel like them taking Jamar Chase was the worst decision that they've ever made. Grant, they made a lot of bad ones. Put young young too butterfingers early. over there. It's too early. It, 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 exactly. Too early. Bro, he but, dropped hospital passes. He did drop hospital <laughs> passes. You could, you he could, you, you can, you can put Connie's nan on the Bengals, and she might have a better chance of catching Jealous. football than Jamar Chase at the moment. If we're being quite honest here, and that's saying something. And yeah, it's just for the bang for the Bengals. You needed to draft O line, and it, and you failed on that. But for Joe Burrow's sake, I feel like he's going to stay healthy. I feel like he has the best chance to win comeback player of the year. And if he leads the Bengals to six wins. I feel like he easily earns that comeback play of the year, especially with that gruesome knee injury that he suffered in Washington. I wouldn't be shocked if they gave it to Joe Burrow. I, I'd like to hear what what other players you, you guys mentioned. Well, you know, let's go with Perry because I already know he has a different answer. I mean, obviously it's Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm not. That's a good second choice. Like, I'm not. It's actually a good one. I wasn't thinking of Burrow too much, but I mean, Burrow did play ten games last season, so it's not like he went down week five. You know what I mean? In my opinion, I think that's uh, – you saw more of Burrow last season. You saw the impact that it had on the Cowboys as well. So, in my opinion, is Dak Prescott. I think Burrow's a good one too. Definitely a good option that you threw out there for sure. Um, but, yeah, at least with Dak, I mean, he – the way he went down too was also very emotional. And, uh, Did you to, cry? To, uh, I didn't cry, but I was, I was shocked. Like, I literally turned white. I, I don't even think I had an emotion in my body. Yeah, I just completely like – was shook so uh but yeah in the end of the day i think it's dak i think burrow's a good choice too both went down with gruesome injuries but uh, i think there's a lot more pressure on the expectations for dak and the cowboys like we all like you kind of mentioned the Bengals are uh not a playoff team this year they just got to continue taking steps forward so i think dak's got a lot more pressure on him if they don't make the playoffs that's obviously you know not going to bode well in the comeback player of the year awards and, and then you can look at burrow taking a team from you know what four wins or something to seven or something but uh, i think at the end of the day as long as the cowboys put up you know nine or ten wins that's a pretty easy lock for dak prescott let's go with nick um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with saquon barkley as my oh, I, love, I, love, I love it oh, we have three okay. different answers so far that's awesome i love that and i yeah, thought I mean, this was all gonna go in one direction i, I really i really i really like it i really like that I mean, I feel like the Giants are still going to be a real run-heavy team. Um, just Daniel Jones being completely unproven still. Um, I don't know if you really want to completely rely on his arm to, to win you games. And Saquon, you know, I mean, it was it was a bad injury to come back from, but I feel like Saquon is such he, – he's just built differently than most running backs. Like, he's just a freak of nature. I feel like, I feel like he's really going to come back strong this year. And I'm going to even – I'm going to even say – He's going to be the league-leading rusher. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's crazy. We're doing nice. hot takes, too, at the nice. same time. Big hot time. take right there. This is energy. CJ, continue the energy. I'll keep it going. I'll say uh, OBJ. We got a four. Oh, my God. This is so cool. Tell God. me you all have a different answer. I need six different answers. Looking at the Browns last year, going 11-5, and five, they, you know, made a big stretch. Um, when he was, you know, he was gone and he was hurt. And that's been the, the big narrative around Cleveland ever since he got there. Baker plays better without OBJ. 
Um, so if you could come in there and make a big impact, um, you know, push the ball, be a guy that can push the ball down the field, make some big time plays like he did when he was with the Giants and, and get those guys to, you know, to the playoffs again. <laughs> Say quiet, baby. <laughs> for sure. Um, if he could do that again, I mean, that that'll be perfect for them. You, you see, they kind of missed that um, against the Chiefs in that play in the divisional round game. They missed that guy that could get the home run play. You know, Landry's good. He's kind of like he gets singles and doubles. He's not really a guy to get to get the home run play. So, uh, I think a guy like OBJ, if he's back, he's healthy. He's been nicked up the last two, three years or so. Um, you know, him and Baker seem to have a good relationship. So, if they could hit, hit the ground running on the field, I think he could have a big season as well. All right, Josh, are you going to keep it going or what? <laughs> well, I really don't. I feel like I have to at this point, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? you were gonna pick somebody else, so I was gonna pick once, but now I got a, I got a, I got Come another. Come on, Connie, you gotta dig deep. Well, right. I, I wanted Let's to go. pick one that was already picked, but I was like, if I gotta go, if I gotta go with the new one, I gotta go with Carson Wentz. He's back with, you know, back the old coach. Great chance as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell. I mean, uh, JT, Naheen Himes, Marlon Mack. I mean, you've got an offense and a good offensive line. So, I mean, he's in one of the best positions to make a run for it. I feel like – and I feel like the expectations are a little bit lower for him to receive the award than they are for Dak to receive the award. You know what? I like to thank all of you for giving me one of the best options on the board. I felt like this player fell to me in a fantasy draft. Give me Mr. CMC Dino Money. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, great job, boys. Listen, Mr. <laughs> McCaffrey coming back. You know, he played in those three games, by the way, those three games last year. Absolutely an animal in all three of them. But coming back from an injury, we all know that CMC is the Panthers offense. He's the whole entire damn team. I don't think Sam Darnold's really going to change anything because, well, I'm not a Sam Darnold guy. Um, but, you know. CMC's coming back with a casual 1,600 rushing yards and a casual probably 800, 900 receiving yards. Just saying. That's like MVP. So that's like MVP numbers right there. Well, you know what? You know what CMC is? He's everyone's MVP. He's he's my fantasy MVP, I'll tell my- you that. Talk about backpacking your boy to a uh, nice fantasy championship. I'm just saying. But, you know, look my, at us. All my only problem answers. with – my only problem with CMC and Saquon is it's been 20 seasons since they've given a running back the comeback player of the year. Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's tough for running back. that AP didn't get it? Yeah, didn't, didn't AP get comeback player of the year? I don't think so. On I Washington? think the last one was like 20 years ago. I mean, I know he won the MVP that year, but you're telling me they didn't give him comeback player of the year too? Was that when he played for Washington? No, that's when, that's when he came back from the torn ACL – Put up two thousand yards, you know, like with the Vikings. Oh, with the oh, okay, okay. Nah, I feel like he definitely had to win it. Have to. Well, but you know, we'll move on. We'll move on. I'm sorry. That's why we got Google. Facts. <laughs> Shout out Google. Check that out. Or to Kanye. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to the coach of the year. Now I'm gonna start it off. I guess why not? I'm gonna go with a fellow New Yorker. Mr. Joseph Judge. <laughs> give me Hall of Fame. Give me future Hall of Famer Joe Judge, as Michael K, the Yankee announcer, says. 
Oh, so, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Least, I did I did look up, and they are correct. It has been 20 years since a running back has won a comeback player of the year. Award. See, that's out of pocket. That's out of pocket uh, is, is what that is. Um, who was it? And it, in, the, in that same year, I believe they said it was Curtis Martin. See? See, I, I, think, I think it was Garrett Hurd. I didn't even tell you who that is. No, my bad. I was totally wrong. It was Garrison Hurst, running back from the San Francisco 49ers. In that 2012 year, they gave it to Peyton Manning when he oh, came right, back. Right, when he, right. when he came back sense. from yeah. that neck injury, that makes sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yo, he was faking it anyway, crazy. But anyway, uh, that's, that's coach of the year. <laughs> Alex, you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Coach you won MVP. Year, future Hall of Famer Joe Judge, as Michael K says. So I think. Listen, I, I listen. I said this yesterday, as a little sneaky. Don't sleep on the Giants. I think the Giants, they got an A1 defense. They got Galladay, Evan Ingram. Mr. Saquad is back. Danny Dimes, this is a year to prove it. I think that they're a, a, they're, a, they're a little, you know, dark horse to win that division. And if they do that, Joe Judge for Coach of the Year. CJ, tell me why I'm right or who's your pick. <laughs> yeah, Joe Judge, I didn't expect that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know right now. Let me get somebody else go. Let me think. I got, I got right, this. Barry, you got it. I got this. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got you. But go ahead. Uh, Sean McVay is, is my guy. I think the Rams are going to have a hell of a season. I think what he's been able to do with Jared Goff throughout the last three years has been so understated. The fact that Stafford's coming off a situation where he has just been a Ferrari sitting in Compton – at a house that's being foreclosed, you know, at the end of the day, he now, they both have the best situations they've ever had in their career. They're parting together in Cabo. They're having drinks the second that the trade goes down, like it wasn't planned out ahead of time. This is a great situation. They're always a playoff contender. They'll probably win 11 or 12 games this season, the Rams. Um, and yeah, I think McVay is going to definitely win coach of the year, in my opinion. All right, Matt. Tell me who the coach of the year is and why is it? Uh, you know, Matt Lafleur. Yeah, Matt why is it Matt Of course, of course. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like it's time that Matt Lafleur finally gets recognized as a coach of the year. The last two years, he's won thirteen games. Granted, he's had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, but Mike McCarthy was there, and that and that fat fuck Big Mac only won one Super Bowl, made eight playoff appearances that did nothing. <laughs> one bit. Yeah, Listen, I respect all fat people coming from one of them. I mean, it, he he was gifted with Aaron Rodgers, and we had some of the worst offensive stat lines we've we've seen from 2015 all the way to 2017. We had no idea who the hell Aaron Jones was until Matt Lafleur showed up, because Mike McCarthy had no idea how to utilize him. And we saw it last year in Dallas with how badly they stunk. Granted, Dak Prescott was hurt, but then again, before he got hurt, they were one and three, and still stinking up the joint. But I feel like with Matt LaFleur, he's won 13 games the last two years. He's proven to be a good coach, unless it fits against Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. But I just I just think it's time that he finally gets recognition. I think I think Green Bay's on pat on pace for another solid year. Would not be shocked if they're in the 12, 14 win win range, especially with Rodgers as, as the quarterback. And I, I just feel like it's time. You know. A lot of people say, like, well, yeah, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you're supposed to be good. Well, 
Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers for almost 10 years, and he barely did anything with him. If anything, he was known for choking than winning. Matt LaFleur has been winning the last two years with Aaron Rodgers. Granted, we still lose in the SEC Championship game, but that's a Green Bay constant. But I just think with LaFleur there, I think it's time for him to finally get recognized. Third time's a charm, third year's a charm. Matt LaFleur, Coach of the Year, it's time. Nick, what you got? Um, I'm going talking about finally getting recognized. How about uh how about good old McDermott finally getting recognized? <laughs> uh he takes the Bills to their first playoff berth in seventeen years, his first year as the coach. Takes us to our first division title last, uh, last year. I mean I mean what more I what more does this guy gotta do? Like no, you he got led, a point. He, he I mean, led, we, Sean, Sean McDermott led the Bills to the playoffs like two times the last three years. It wasn't the first time in 17 years. He did lead them to their first playoff win since 1995, though. That I can get. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's mean, encyclopedia over here. I mean, at the end of the day, we had a we had a we had a 16, 17 year playoff drought, and he got us into the playoffs his first year as a head coach. So, I mean, and then he gets us our first division title in X amount of years. So, I mean, I I feel like if we if we win the division again and we get 12, 13 wins this year, I mean, like, I feel like he's got to be a he's got to be highly favored. Josh, I need a coach of the year. OK, first, Connie, I'm if the New England Patriots end up as a top 10 team, then Bill Belichick will win your coach of the year. But I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm disappointed that you didn't pick him. Uh, but my coach of the year is going to be Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Nice. First year head coach. Great chance to make a good run in the playoffs. Uh, I think every I think the cards are right for for Staley in the year in this offense. I think the Chargers are going to be a team to watch out for. All right, CJ, did you get it now? Yeah, I mean, you guys, everybody has some great answers. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably just stick with Staley too. Again, everybody has the Chargers making that run, being that that wild card team. Um, he's supposed to be the guy to you know, take them over the hump and at least be competitive with teams like Kansas City, so in that division. So um, he's defensive-minded, but he has some offensive uh, capabilities as well. Um, if he can do that, Herbert, year two, uh, he's definitely going to be in that discussion. But everybody has great, great candidates. McDermott, uh, pss, I mean, he's definitely underrated. doesn't get a lot of love. So uh, all, all those candidates are going to be really, really good. Can't wait. All right. So we got some other ones, but we're going we're gonna to go through them. A little faster because we still got to predict week one in the NFL season, baby. We got to do a nice little pick them segment and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll start off offensive rookie of the year. Come on, I'm going with Mac 10. CJ, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go with Mac, you know, yeah, just set in stone, has the best opportunity. Uh, but sleeper, you could definitely throw Zach Wilson in there too. They probably won't, they'll probably be playing a lot of catch up football, so maybe get some yards, get some touchdown plays. So uh, I put him as one of my sleepers, but I'm gonna be biased and go with Mac. Yeah, no, I think Zach Wilson's a really good pick there, actually. Um, but I am gonna throw out another one, Najee Harris. I think he's gonna see 300 carries this year, like a madman, and you know, even 250 and being involved in the pass game, whatever that may be. I really think he's gonna have a hell of a statistical season immediately. Mr. Yeah, you guys, you guys make you guys make some great points, but it's gotta be Mac 10. 
you know, it's it's a no-brainer. Once Mac-10 was labeled as QB1 in New England, you kind of knew that, you know, he was going to win rookie of the year. And then also some people who are into betting are probably thinking, damn, I should have put in, you know, some money on Mac Jones earlier instead of right now because now his odds are probably dropping to a favorite. Najee. All right, Nick. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Trevor Lawrence. As okay. the wait, wait, we're talking offensive rookie of the year, uh, right? Yes, offensive sir. Rookie of the year. Okay, all right. Because I was I was lagging a little bit, so I couldn't really tell. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go Trevor Lawrence for the sheer fact that uh, Mac Jones has to play the Bills twice a year, and we're gonna <laughs> literally embarrass him to where like. Yeah. Okay. So I that's all I have to say on that. Trevor yeah. Lawrence, okay. Uh, <laughs> Josh, who you got? Trevor Lawrence has a better offense to work with, in my opinion. Um. What? Yeah, that's just my opinion. That's, uh, that's it's debatable either way. I I, I don't think it's best. Us. It's debatable either way. Actually. Josh, I need your offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, I'm also going with Trevor Lawrence with Zach Wilson as my backup. Okay. I'm All gonna right. go with now, the uh, I'm gonna go with the number one overall pick. Why not? We're gonna go now. We're going counterclockwise. We're starting with Matt, defensive rookie of the year. Oh man, defensive rookie of the year. You got a lot of good options, but I'm going to throw out one of the biggest darts out there. I'm going to say, why not? I'm going to go Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos. It's been, it's been a long time since we've seen a cornerback win off defensive rookie of the year. And if I'm Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos, I say, why not? This has to be the year to where the Broncos have to make a big step. They're very built, very well defensively. Vic Fangio is going into his – possible last year as a head coach trying to prove his job is on the line he's a very defensive oriented kind of coach Patrick Sertan showed some good flashes in preseason and he was one of the first corners taken in the draft obviously before Perry's Dallas Cowboys which he was probably disappointed in because that secondary really needs some help in Dallas and I feel like Patrick Sertan as a defensive rookie of the year I'd say why not go for it and I think he's going to shock some I think, I think he's going to shock some people. Maybe I wouldn't be shocked if he got maybe five or six interceptions. Okay. Yeah, Alex said he put 50 on Sertan to win. So, Nick, who's your defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I, I think it's Sertan as well. Um, I really can't say much more about it than what he just said. So I'm just I'm going to just just say him. Go with the flow. That's all Go right. with the flow. That's all right. That's right. Josh? Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips. And Miami, this is one of the big reasons I think that uh, New England is going to struggle week one. I think that oh, defense, what they're go. doing in Miami, is, <laughs> is really good. And uh, this guy's got talent. He's got the uh, playtime, and he's got the ability. So give me Jalen Phillips. Perry, why is it Micah Parsons? Uh, you know, Micah Parsons, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great pick. It's a great pick, but I'm I'm actually going to go uh, Patrick Sertain as well. Uh, wow. I, 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 I do think Parsons would be my second pick. I think Car- he's going to have a hell of a season. I, he's the perfect guy for the Cowboys there. Uh, Leighton Vanderish is unfortunately is as elite as he is. That The neck and back injuries are just those ones that you'll never be able to get over. And when you're playing as a linebacker and the anchor of your defense, you know, I can't have Sean Lee 2.0 right now. I can't, I can't experience that. So I love moving back. Yeah, obviously Matt's right. Who was on their draft board, JC Horn and Sertain. Boom, boom, right before to just sit there and take someone right there and reach a little, that would have pissed me off. The fact that they moved back 
grabbed some more draft capital, still were able to go get Sertain. I'm very happy with what happened with the boys, but I do think Sertain's a huge playmaker. I love him. Um, but yeah, I'm not shocked if Parsons wins this at all. Seriously, he's not like Alex said right there. He's an absolute stud. He's always wanted to be a cowboy. You could see it when he was a kid. He's got all the stuff there, and it's just one of those great stories you like to hear. So, so he's been defiled since birth. Crazy, uh, CJ. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Jamin Davis, Washington football team linebacker. Uh, Ron Rivera back knows a lot back. about. Yeah, Ron Rivera knows a lot about linebackers. Um, having been one of those guys playing for the, the Bears back in the '80s, so um, you know he's he's compared him a little bit to Keegley in terms of skill set and speed and things of that nature. And a lot of people talk about that front seven in Washington, so um, they're gonna need a guy in the middle to be that quarterback of that defense. And I think um, if he could come in early and make an impact. Um, he could definitely get some get some votes, and, and, be, and if they can get back to the playoffs again, and again with that dominant front seven, he could be a big he could be a big reason because of that. So I'm gonna go with Jamie Davis. Uh, yeah, as much team. as much as I like to annoy Perry and everybody, I actually did pick Michael Parsons. So I love, I love I'm, you. Oh, so I'm going to stick with that. I picked him yesterday on the show, nice. so I gotta stick with it. Nice. I gotta stick with it. I'm He's a Parsons. stud. Exactly. You know, listen, yeah, yeah, he's good. I, he's good. I, the man, that's exactly what they needed besides, you know, every single cornerback available in the draft. But um, Parsons is going to be solid. So mm-hmm. I have no complaints over there. We'll switch right over into the defensive player of the year. And let me tell you something. I got you. Don't worry. Put your money on him now. TJ Watt. Because I think he got robbed last year against Aaron Donald. I do think he got robbed. Don't get me wrong. Even an award to Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. you're not really going to get too many complaints. But all I'm saying is, I think TJ got robbed, so he's coming back this year, and he's getting an award to add to the Watt family. CJ? Yeah, I'm, I'm a sticker Washington, man. I'm, I'm going to go with Chase Young. Nice. Think, um, you know, again, that, that defense is just so dominant, man. And, uh, you know, looking at that first preseason game against New England, coming off the edge and blasting Cam Newton, uh, that definitely, uh, for some fear uh, and, and some Patriot fans, uh, at the time, uh, he looks dominant. It looks like he's improved on his pass rushing moves, not just using the ball rush, uh, looking to you know, increase his skill set. Uh, he's dominant, man. You just think about back in Ohio State when they had both of the Bosa's and, and him. Uh, it's crazy. TJ Watt, obviously, he's going to be one of those top guys favorited to win because, like you said, of uh, the, the controversy or debate last year, whether it should have been him or Donald. But I'm going to go with Chase Young, man. Second year, getting defensive rookie of the year, and then getting defensive player of the year. That would be something for sure. So I'm going to go with TJ Watt as well. Uh, Chase Young, great pick. You know, I wouldn't be shocked to see someone like a Fred Warner really put his name on the map because, you know, that's one guy that I really wouldn't be shocked to see go and win that. He's already become one of, if not the best linebackers in the entire league right now. So, uh, but with that being said, Aaron Donald's name will always be there. I agree with Connie. I mean, statistically, I thought TJ Watt should have won last year as well. And when you put context into it and you're looking at the type of job that they both have, you know, obviously the numbers read a little bit differently. But, I mean, I'm a production-driven man. I'm a guy that looks at a track record of your performance. And whoever stacks up more, you picked your job. You picked the fact that you're a linebacker. You picked the fact that you're a D-lineman. So, for me, when I'm looking at statistics that are comparable – uh, and it's in Watt's favor. I'm going to go with Watt. But at the end of the day, Donald is the best NFL defender that we've ever seen on the D-line. And it's his career hasn't ended yet. But he's it's just like watching LeBron right now on defense where he's still playing. 
And it's just like, wow, we're, right, we're not going to appreciate it as much as we should until he does retire. But that's the most dominant force we've ever seen on the defensive line. But, yeah, T.J. Watt's a really good pick. Yeah, Donald, Donald's going to have to get that, that ring. That's when people will start to appreciate him. Once he gets that championship, <clears throat> he'll, get, he'll get the love. Sure. Mm-hmm. I have Matt, to, why is it Jair Alexander? I don't. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be Jair Alexander. I feel. I feel like if it was, he'd probably have to need to have a season like Charles Woodson did way back, probably 2010, 2011, where he was just dominant. I don't think that will happen. Uh, I do believe it will be Aaron Donald. I think I want to be shocked if Aaron Donald wins back to back. You guys make a great point as well with T.J. Watt. Wouldn't be shocked if it was him either, but. I just feel like it makes the most sense with Aaron Donald. I mean, this guy gets double teamed and he still produces numbers from a defensive tackle standpoint. Like it's very rare we see those kind of numbers to where Aaron Donald's positioned as a D tackle. Normally, you throw in a D tackle as your biggest guy, just take up space, get tackles. If you get a sack, maybe get like four or five sacks. Bam, you're chilling. But just just how dominant he looks, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all one bit and with how good the Rams look they look like a team where not only can they make the playoffs they look like a team where they can make a deep run possibly even a championship game type of run you know for the Rams now will I say make it to Super Bowl no it's very hard you know when you host the Super Bowl to make it there unless if you're the GOAT and Tom Brady and you host in Tampa then you'll show up there but you know this this is the Rams I feel like Aaron Donald he's the best player on that defense He's the best defender in the league. Wouldn't be shocked if he goes back-to-back as defensive player of the year. I think the only competition for him on that set position will most likely be T.J. Watt, and that's about it. All right, Nick, I need one. Uh, I'm going to go with a sleeper here. Okay. And I'm going to say Miles Garrett. Nice. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. But like, nice. you know, That's a good sleeper. What happened with COVID to him last year really kept him out of, like, the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I mean, he did have nine sacks in his first seven games, which is, like, that's ridiculous. That's out of pocket. Um, and I feel like he's, he's, he's top three defensive ends in the league still. And the Browns bolstered up their defense to a point where I feel like he'll demand less double teams and less attention. I mean, you, you, you always got to – got to account for him obviously on defense um but i feel like the browns have have um gotten better on defense to where you kind of got to look out for other pieces on that defense where he could he could excel more and have more opportunities to to stat stuff and really like contend for the defensive player of the year josh why is it patrick queen <laughs> i actually did not have patrick queen uh <laughs> i actually also have chase young winning the award uh, I think nice. Chase Young is just going to be dominant there. And once again, I go back to the division you're playing. You're playing in the NFC East, so it just gives you more of a chance to just beat up on some quarterbacks. Uh, so I feel really bad for Daniel Jones and uh, Dak Prescott and all the guys over there. So and Jalen Hurts. So you know it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough tough sledding for them whenever they play Washington. And you got Montez Sweat backing them up, so you can't just double team Chase Young and expect nothing to happen. So you're going to have to put pieces all over, and it spreads it wide open for Chase Young. Josh, I'm sticking with you for our final award. I need an MVP. Oh, an MVP? That's easy. Why is it Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Look, 
we're going we're going all the way to the Super Bowl. Oh. We're going. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is going to have to. Lamar Jackson's going to have to play his ass off to get there. You're going to see. Yeah, he's so going to learn how to pass and not run. Two years, and and he's going and he's going to have it, and he's going to do both, and he's not going to take hits. I mean, the league seven years. Lamar Jackson has proved that he can take the hit. Lamar Jackson has proved that he can be the guy, and it's going to be another one of those years where Lamar Jackson carries a team with a injury injured wide receiver core to the to the playoffs. He has a great regular season. And we're going to do great in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson all the way. He's going to use his legs. He's going to look incredible again. Connie, I, I don't even know why I have to come on the show and keep telling you this. You know Listen, I have, to, <laughs> listen, Josh, I have to ask. I have to do my reporter duty of asking. I knew the answer. I said it with you. We said it in sync. Well, no, I'm I mean, I want, I want, I want, I just want Lamar Jackson to be able to get to the point where you can agree with me that he should be the one winning that award. I mean, what's he got yeah. to do for you, Connie? He already won the MVP. Listen, Jesus. He did. And as Connie mentioned, he did reach his peak. Listen, Lamar's not even a top already. five quarterback, so I don't want to get into that. Okay. <gasps> um, Talking about an award he's already won, and you're giving him hate like that. That's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. And I continue and he, to see and, that. and he said that he already reached his peak. He has so reached his peak. He will, never, he will never I literally imagine. He will never be that good ever again. But anyway – Nick. And even if he's even if he's three quarters that good, he'd probably still win the MVP. That's how dominant he was that season, Connie. He doesn't have to be that good every year. Ah, pick better somebody else. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, why is it Josh Allen? Why is it Josh Allen? Wow. Um, one, we have the same offensive coordinator coming back. Big big Brian Dable coming back. He's obviously could could have been a head coach this year on multiple teams. He decided to stay home with my boy Blue, 17. Um, our our offensive line, stay, pretty much our all of our offensive starters have returned pretty much. Um, we replaced John Brown with Emmanuel Sanders, which I feel like is an upgrade because obviously John Brown got snipped from the Raiders, and um, that looked like a good move for us. Um, and obviously he finished second last year. Um he was a dark horse MVP candidate for me last year. Everyone didn't want to hear that from me. And look at that. And so now it's just his time to really just get it, bro. Like, honestly, I have all the confidence in Josh Allen in the world. Like, it could be third and 20, third and one. He's going to figure out a way to get the first down. His throw on the run, what he's able to do with his legs. Like, and he's literally progressed every year. I feel like this is his year to finally get the MVP, solidify himself. And that's it. Matt, you're another person I don't really have to ask, but let's go. <laughs> let's see, who, do, who do I think is going to MVP? Well, it's not going to be Rodgers. He won his wow. MVP last so, year. Somebody, hold on. Somebody get the National Guard on the phone. It's going to start snowing. There's a blizzard coming. Matt did not just pick Aaron Rodgers for the MVP. He won, he won his MVP last year. That was that. That was the third MVP last year. If he wins another one this year, that's fantastic because that means we either a lost another NFC Championship game or b we're in Super Bowl Fifty Six. So either, anyway. e, either way, hey, don't say that. Don't say that. No MVP has won a Super Bowl recently. Recently, I should say that is true. So hopefully he doesn't win MVP this year. But a player that I do see winning MVP this year, I love that Nick mentioned Josh Allen because he he has a fantastic chance to win it. But I, I feel like it's – as much as it's being, like, just realistic, I feel like it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I, I feel like he's going to have a bounce-back year. He had a somewhat of a called-down year, yet he still made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And he's only, he's only getting better. 
And I, I feel like out of all the players, I feel like it's a select few that you can name that has a chance to win MVP. I feel like Mahomes is up there. Josh Allen is up there. I mean, a lot a lot of players are up there to win MVP, but I just feel like out of that whole selection, all the options, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes just because I feel like with the realistic chance, would not be shocked if the Chiefs make it to yet another Super Bowl. They pretty much bring back most of the same team. They revamp the offensive line. Getting Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens is huge to help bolster up that offensive line. And I, I feel like the Chiefs are going to be a team that's going to bounce back. I feel like they got humbled in the Super Bowl against Tampa. Jesus. And, you know, hopefully hopefully the Chiefs aren't like the Seahawks where they make it to two straight Super Bowls and then wet the bed the rest of the playoffs. So I, know, have, hopefully- I have Josh Allen personally. Like, I, I see what you mean about Mahomes, but I, I feel like there's too many mouths to feed there, too. Um, I feel like he's made the playoffs. He made the Super Bowl last year. It wasn't him that made the Super Bowl last year only. Like, that is Andy Reid. That is that coaching team. Like, that is that team. I will say Mahomes is getting a weird amount of hate in his for being as amazing as he is, but that's probably mainly from a fantasy perspective in certain regards, but... I mean, Josh Allen has everything that you could ask for right now, mainly because he doesn't have a running back that can do anything. So those stats are going to go to him. He's going to be the leading rusher again on this team. He's going to throw for at least 5,000 yards. He has a chance to throw for six with Dayball back there. So Josh Allen's going to put up the craziest statistical season this year, and he's the most complete quarterback in the league when it comes to running, throwing at this point now. It's going to constantly change. Um, and I think it's that's the thing with Lamar. Like I think he gets too much hate on his passing ability as well. Is he as good of a passer as Josh Allen? No way. But, Negative. I mean, Lamar absolutely is a good passer, but that's why he's not the most complete guy in the game. It's because I think Josh Allen's got enough speed, he's got enough accuracy, and his throwing power and decision-making is starting to become like elite beyond question. So. I mean, I think the Bills are going to be super good. They're going to win the division. I don't even want to hear this Patriots love. Like, they're they're winning the division. Patriots can maybe make it on a wild card bid. But the Bills have shown that they are going to be a perennial contender until a lot of things change with that roster or coaching staff. They're, they're well set. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Okay. Oh, I like wow. it. First eight weeks last year, you know, he was he looked like the clear cut guy. Everybody, you know, had him winning winning the MVP, dangerous, let him cook. Um, all those slogans were going around and then the back half, you know, he kinda dropped off a little bit. I think they improved that offensive line. They got Dwayne Brown, you know, finally. Um looks like he's locked in, ready to go for week one, brought in Gabe Jackson from, from Las Vegas. Uh brought in Gerald Everett as well as a tight end option for him. Uh, you know, they have, they still got some weapons on them. You still got Metcalf, you know, continuing to get better. Uh, Tyler Lockett, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. So, um, you know, I think Russell's going to, he's going to motivate, get be motivated uh, in, the, in a tough division. I'm uh, still the best quarterback in that division. And I think he's going to show why and then get, get that award. And you could maybe go with Stafford too, but I think Russell's, I think Russell, his ability is like, like similar to what Perry said, um, with Josh Allen being able to run the football and throw the football in the pocket, uh, one of the best to ever do it. So I think, this, I think this is his time to get that award. And um, yeah, I think he's going to put up some big numbers and try to get the Seahawks back in the playoffs. So open the Super Bowl potential. Listen, I could go with the very easy option here, but I'm going to stick 
You know, Tom, right? You know, Tom? Yo, yo, you, you, you're going with what's Annapolis, right? The option? Yo, switch wanna, it up, bro. Switch it up. I want to go with Tom so bad. But you know what? Wentz for MVP is a I'm back. going with Wentz Annapolis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, baby. That's my boy. Uh, listen, I claimed it last year, and all the negative energy came down upon me. Not this year, though. Not this year, baby. Wentz Annapolis got a brand new O line that actually knows how to block, unlike last year. He's got some. Did he's got some Wentz. Nice, oh, Wentz Annapolis, absolutely. Oh my God, Wentz VP, WVP, the rename of <laughs> the award. Um. So listen, let me tell you. I'm just saying, he's got a, a great O line now. That running game, he's gonna play off the play action. It's, it's gonna be an unbelievable year. 35 touchdowns, like six interceptions, like 400 <laughs> rushing yards. You know, it's gonna be 100 a rushing year. yards. Yeah, Wentz is getting out of the pocket. Yikes! Oh, that's that's a hot people. I don't, don't know gonna, I don't know what's gonna stop him and get me out of the pocket more. His his knee history, Wentz his ankle, or or the coming <laughs> off COVID. Listen, by the end of the year, Indianapolis won't even know who Peyton Manning is. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, okay. That's, that's crazy, not, man. Hey, hey. Not even, we're looking Connie, for clicks. I said they're going to mix up Peyton and Eli by the end of the year. I'm sure. No, 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 Connie. I said some wild. I said some wild things here I'm on this sure. show. That has to be the wildest thing I have ever heard I'm come out of your sure. mouth. Pennsylvania. Connie Smith. It's not Pennsylvania. Oh, it's Annapolis. Oh yeah, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, I forgot. That's you know, crazy. Routine. Routine. But you know what? Hey, we're going to find out, aren't we? Because if I'm right, let me tell you something. Nobody I, will ever hear the end of it ever. No, we're gonna we're, we're gonna hear a Connie chat every day say, "Wentz VP." I, I, won't, I won't even entertain it because it's so out of the question. <laughs> hey, it, it, it's not too far of the equation, Perry. He's reuniting with Frank Reich. So, with Frank we're, we're, Reich talk, we're talking. We're talking to MVP. They're a run first team. They're a run first Listen, team. Let's he almost won the MVP a few years ago. He he Jonathan Taylor has a better chance of winning MVP than Wentz does. The this disrespect. Year. Jonathan Taylor has a better chance of winning it this year. Down. Anyway, let's go <laughs> to week one of the that NFL made my season. Hurt. Yeah, exactly. Listen, Mr. Lamar Jackson is the That's greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't want to hear it from you, okay? That was, like a, that, was, that was a sauna take. Like, I'm sweating out of my body right now. Listen, you know what? You got to be bold in life, you boring people. Gosh. <laughs> go, go, go be adventurous in life. Stop eating, stop eating Cheerios every day. Try some Lucky Charms. Why not Honey Nut Cheerios? I agree, Puff. Yo, Reese's Puffs for the win, bro. By the way, if you eat Cheerios, oh. just plain, you're a sociopath. Just saying. Um, but the week one NFL schedule is here, people. And I want to know. Listen, question at the top right there. I want to know what game you are most excited about. I'm just going to go down the list right here. CJ, who you? what you got your eyes on? I don't want to be biased, so. <laughs> yeah, these guys, bro. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at I'm looking at Browns Chiefs. I'm looking at Browns Chiefs. Um, I think that's a great matchup. You know, two of the best rosters in the NFL. Uh, you know, they like like I talked about earlier with my comeback player of the year prediction. Getting a guy like OBJ back into the fold. Uh, we know what the Chiefs could do. Matt made some good good points about the Chiefs. You know, fixing that O line after that debacle in the Super Bowl 55. Um, they got some dogs up front now to protect 15. So. Um, and, and, and Baker, you know, a lot of people, you know, Baker, Baker wants to get that back. He wants to get that extension, you know, so he could really solidify himself as that franchise guy for Cleveland. 
So um, I think I think it's would be a good kickstart for them to get a get a W against against the um, the reigning AFC champions. Um, I think I think that's a that's a great game. That's a great game right there. I let I let uh, my other co-hosts, our other guests, um, give some options. But yeah, I think I think that's one that sticks out to me the most. I got a, my eye on a few here. I mean, I know you said you're biased. I mean, that Patriots-Dolphins yeah. game is very intriguing. I'm very interested in that game. I, I really like the divisional matchup. I love the defense the Dolphins have. Patriots have a lot of returning players. They have Mac Jones starting. There's a lot of storylines here. You know, it's great. You have the Brian Flores and Bill Belichick connection. It's a whole nine yards. So that's a great game, in my opinion. I think Seahawks and Colts is going to be awesome. I'm super excited for that game, if I'm being honest. Um, and the other game that really intrigues me here is Chargers and Washington, really. Um, you know, and it's just defense versus offense for me there. And I think Washington's going to have a good season. I think the Chargers are going to have a good season. I'm very intrigued to see a lot of the new pieces for Washington stepping in and, um, you know, Curtis Samuel and Fitzpatrick. And it's going to be fun. But, yeah, I definitely think – out of those three, probably Seahawks and Colts. That one would probably be my, my pick there. I think the Jags and Houston, I could smell that game from here. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, nobody's watching that, man. That's absolutely horrific. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. As much as I want to be a homer and say Packers-Saints is a game I'm looking forward to, I feel like there's actually a more entertaining to look forward to. I'm going with the Cardinals and the Titans. Nice. Both teams who have gone through a lot of changes in the offseason. Tennessee adding Julio Jones to the offense. You got Mr. 2,000-yard rusher King Henry. You got A.J. Brown there. You got Ryan Tannehill. And on top of that with the Cardinals – Adding on J.J. Watt, Cliff Kingsbury, he's possibly on the hot seat this year. You got Kyler Murray, who we've seen a lot of QBs in that third year kind of make that progression. We saw Josh Allen do it last year from year two to year three, just turn into a bona fide MVP candidate. Can Kyler Murray do the same thing? And you look at the Arizona Cardinals, they're in the toughest division in all of football. You can't afford to have a bad week or else one bad week and bam. You could be out of the playoffs, out of the division conversation. So I'm looking forward to that Cardinals-Titans matchup to see who looks good. And obviously the Green Bay Packers versus New Orleans Saints. Just to see how Jameis Crablegs Winston looks, Mr. 30 for 30 after LASIK eye surgery. Jameis Jimston, some would call Yeah, Jameis Jimston, as some people would call. I wanted to see how good he looks. And also for the Green Bay Packers, if this is Rodgers' last ride, how's the team look? How are we looking? Getting Randall Cobb back. It's going to be good to see him at 18. Number 18 in uniform and see what the Packers' defense looks like. They have a new D coordinator this year. Maybe Zadarius Smith is on a comeback trail. You know, we'll see what happens there. And, you know, those are just some of the games I'm looking forward to. Mr. Nick, what are we looking at here? Yeah, I could. I feel like I've been biased most of this podcast. Um so I'm going to go with the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. I love it. Um, for, the oh, yeah. for the simple fact that it's, you know, it's Dak's first game coming back. Um, and he's facing a very tough defense in the, the, the reigning Super Bowl champs. So I'm just excited to see what, what he could do offensively. Um, how mobile he could be after that injury, how, you know, his, his pocket awareness, everything. So I'm, that's, that's an exciting matchup to watch for sure. Josh, oh, you're muted, guy. Come on, rookie mistake out here. This is just oh, unbelievable. Mistake. 
Looking like Lamar out there. And I'm still <laughs> muting the mic. Jesus. All right, so uh, there are a few that I'm looking at. I like Perry, the Chargers of Washington. Looks like a really good game. I'm excited to see what Justin Herbert uh, is going to do coming out playing against a very tough defense. I'm excited for that game. Uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I want to see if Calvin Ridley can uh, truly just go ahead and start the year off right against the terrible defense of Philadelphia. But I'm also excited to see Jalen Hurts and uh, Devonta Smith, see what they can do. Uh, nobody wants to watch Miles Sanders. So uh, the, uh, the game that I'm at is <laughs> so the true. Nobody likes Miles Sanders, dude. <laughs> he just falls everywhere. Uh, the game I'm most excited for is and you guys are probably going to laugh, it's probably the Chicago Bears and Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm actually very excited to see Matthew Stafford uh, with the Rams and to see what this offense is going to look like against the not-terrible defense in Chicago. Uh, and then I'm also excited to see uh, if Andy Dalton can put together anything against a great defense uh, in Los Angeles. But I'm more excited to see David Montgomery play and see how far he can uh, see how far he can take this against a good defense. So I, I think it's going to be a, a well-battled game. Uh, and I'm excited for it. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to pick two games that nobody cares about, but I'm, I'm still intrigued by them. Listen, the Jets and Carolina, you got the whole Sam Darnold situation. Obviously, he's starting against his former team. Zach Wilson, how is he actually going to be? Because, you know, you got people like Tony Romo out here saying he's going to be a top three quarterback in the league in the, in the next couple of years. So I got to see what Mr. Tony Romo is talking about. Got to see Zach Wilson is really all that. The return of CMC, obviously. Like I already said, the Sam Darnold storyline. Uh, I'm ex- Robert Sala is making his head coaching debut. I mean, hey, that's an intriguing matchup. And then you know what? It is the toilet bowl of week one. But I'll go over to the Jags and Texans. And the reason for that is I don't care about the Texans, but Trevor Lawrence is playing. I want to see – if Mr. Trevor Lawrence can get a win in his first game, I I believe, like, uh, first-round quarterbacks are, like, 0-9 in their last first starts or, like, opening day starts. So I want to see, you know, if, if Mr. TL can put together a nice game. Obviously, we got Marvin Jones over there now. They still got DJ Chark, James Robinson with uh, ETN going down with the injury. Urban Meyer with his uh, pro coaching debut. So there's some interesting storylines all over the place. And I want to end the show with this people. Now, I didn't I didn't give I didn't prepare anybody for it, and that's the whole point of it. I want zero explanation. None. Not even not a single word other than, than what I'm asking. I need a hot take for this NFL season. No no explanation for it. Just something you think is gonna happen. CJ, you got one or you need some time? Yeah, let me get some time. All right, Josh, you look like you're plotting over there. I'm ready. Okay, all right, we'll start with Nick. We'll start with Nick. The Patriots are not going to make the playoffs. Okay, listen, I said no explanations, so that's fine with me. Any Perry, you got one? Uh, I'll end it with the bias, you know. Ooh, I got one. (laughs) Okay, cheese, let me hear it. Giants will finish last in the NFC East. Wow. Okay. Uh... Barry, mm. Josh, CJ? I'll, I'll say there'll be three teams from the AFC North and three teams from the from the NFC as well, uh, with Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. So two divisions, three playoff teams. No Niners. Interesting. Josh? Uh, hot take. 
Uh, give me one second. <laughs> CJ, you got one. <laughs> Obviously, if my if my guys don't get there, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Browns beating the Chiefs in the AFC Conference Championship game. Oh, spicy! Spicy, sizzling. All right, Josh. Okay. Uh, let's go with uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert wins MVP. Oh, yeah, no one said Herbert. Yeah, surprisingly, my hot take Baker Mayfield throws for 35 touchdowns. Wow, wow, this guy thinks he's Josh Allen or something. Is that <laughs> does, does that count handing the ball off to Chubb? Oh no, <laughs> thirty-five <laughs> touchdown passes. Well, everybody, thank you for watching. Thank everybody for joining the show. Obviously, well, did, did Nick deliver a hot take? Oh yeah, Nick did. He said said the Pats aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that's much of a hot take, but uh, I mean, it, it is to me. That's that's <laughs> bo- that's that's boiling water right there. That's. That's, you know, the crazy thing is, I thought hot. the same thing. Whenever he said it, I was like, is that a hot take? I feel like that's pretty, like, pretty standard, but I feel the same thing, too. Well, listen, Nick, you got another one that's spicy or what? Let's see, man. Yeah, because that's not so spicy. Uh, huh. Nah, it's spicy enough. We'll leave it there. <laughs> All righty, Perry, tell him about my bookie. You guys got to gamble on my bookie with NFL season coming up. We got all types of lines. They are boosting picks for players, pretty much just giving out free money to get you on there. And by us incentivizing you to double your first deposit with Unwrapped Sports, there's no question about it. You got to go join. You can do $45 at the minimum, so you don't got to go pull the whole break roll. Go put that in. We'll double that deposit. Go use code USN100. USN 100 when you sign up and we're going to double that money. It also gives you an extra bonus sign up. I believe that's $15 of extra play as well. So USN 100, throw in 45 bucks, throw in a thousand, however much you want, math. We got you. Go sign up at the best bookie there is, mybookie.ag, code USN 100. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, for all of our other things, obviously, you can see it down below on the ticker. But RXM, RXM USN will save you 10% on your entire order. They got the hot and cold CBD creams over there. So, you know, as I've always said, if you're sore from life, go over there, check them out. Uh, listen, CJ, people are sore out here, you know. Listen, my fat self got to walk around college campuses all the time. My legs are getting there, bro. Unbelievable. Whoever made college an outdoor activity, I hate you, by the way. For all people, for all people overweight out there, you're a terrible person. Uh, teespring.com slash store slash unwrap all of our merch is over there. And then obviously the Patreon, patreon.com slash unwrap sports. One dollar your support and squad, five dollars. Uh, you get access to Discord. Uh, 10% off the no, is it? Yeah, 10% off the store, yeah, 10% off the store, and then entered into an Amazon gift card giveaway. And then the ten dollar tiers, everything I just said, except the ten percent goes to twenty, and bam. Also, I just want to thank everyone for who's signed up for the Patreon so far. It's been amazing with the free fantasy draft we just did for everybody too. Gonna have a big prize at the end. That's all free. Perks, perks, perks. You get the Discord. You get the good vibes from Unwrap. But I just want to thank everyone that's signed up so far because we got such a cool little community in there and. It's pretty new, and we're still growing, but 
a lot of support from some great people. So we really appreciate that, guys. Yes, sir. And I appreciate everybody watching. I appreciate everybody coming on the show. So, of course, I'll let everybody do their little promo to end it off here. Matt, we'll start with you. We'll go around the table as we usually do. I'll finish it out. But, Matt, go ahead. All right. Well, my Twitter handle is at Matt underscore Scura. Instagram, I'm at underscore Scura 20. In each of those profiles, I have a link tree in the bio for my sports podcast. Me and my great friend Caleb Conant do called MCS Real Sports Podcast. We got an episode coming up soon this week. And to find that, you could find it everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. It's available everywhere to check out on. And as always, Anthony and CJ, it is a pleasure to be on the hard count to talk football. And I am definitely excited for week one coming up around the corner in just two days. Yes, sir. Nick, what you got? Um, appreciate y'all for having me as always. Um, always happy to be a guest on this show. Um, you, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at P-R-O-D Caviar. I make beats. Um, I make food. I cook. I'm working on a uh, I'm working on a segment called Beats and Eats where I incorporate cooking. Oh, nice. I like the name. All in beats one. and Eats. Yeah, like be name. on the lookout for it. Follow me. Josh? Uh, guys, thanks for having me on. I love coming on the show, especially whenever I get to uh, trash uh, Josh Allen and the Patriots. I uh, know two separate things. I love trashing them both just because of Connie. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at jkeatno22. Uh, TikTok even. My, I think my buddy is now famous on TikTok from a dance I did at Yellowstone this weekend. So go check me out on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, everything at jkeatno22. Check out the podcast. Burst your bubble everywhere you get your podcast on Twitter at SportsBYBP. Once again, guys, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate uh, all the info that you guys always give, and I love seeing all the hot takes, especially uh, uh, hearing that I'm not the only one that doesn't think the Patriots are going to not make the playoffs. So This guy. This guy. <laughs> yes, sir. Perry? You can find me at Perry Aston on Twitter. Uh, Unwrap Sports. Go Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Go like our Facebook page. Go subscribe to our YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're everywhere. So please go check out Unwrap Sports and sign up for that Patreon. We really appreciate that support. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a great football season. Boys, thank you for putting together a great show and having us on as well. And uh, for everything that everybody does on this panel here, you know, and, and Nick, thank you for coming on. It's good to finally meet you. And, you as well. Uh, thank you, Yeah. Of course, and thank you for everyone for all your support. That's all I could say. I'm very grateful. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at cjames9 underscore Instagram cj.james9. Uh, Garda Podcast at Garda Pod on IG. Uh, gaming page on Twitch, CJ versus the world. Playmaker. <laughs> gaming page uh, on IG as well, CJ versus the world 9. Streaming a lot more. 2K22 is about to come out. Madden's about to come out. Um, I mean, Madden's already out, so I'm uh, going to be streaming there as well. So you can look for me there. And also, you can find me here on Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, with my guy Tony. Yes, sir. As for me, you guys know what it is by now. Obviously, CJ just said it. Football's back. So me and CJ are full blast going uh, hard count Tuesdays, 9 Eastern covering everything in the football world uh monday seven eastern me and my boy josh your generational sports covering a little bit of everything 
Uh, and then Thursday is Backstop Banter with me and Michael, where we do everything in the baseball world over there. You can catch me on Twitter, Anthony Conover underscore Gen Z Sports for the podcast as well. Uh, Anthony underscore Conover on Twitch as well. I put all the podcasts on there. Uh, gotta get back into the gaming scene. I got to. But for now, all the pods are going up on there. But like I already said, CJ, I'll see you next week. I appreciate everybody coming on the show. I appreciate everybody tuning in. And people, it is football season. Screw Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, So we will see, me and CJ will see everybody next week. I appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys have a good one now.